Hello and welcome to the Betches Sub Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sub Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, explained by your two funniest friends, which is us. <laughs> Today we're talking about Russian spy whales. The Mueller report updates. Yeah, and we asked the question: Are women electable? Spoiler alert, they are! Wow, let's get into it. Betches Media presents... I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bet crazy. Yeah! You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! Hello! Hi. How are you? Good. We just had a really fun interview. I know, you guys. I'm... Really, really excited. We just recorded an interview with Jordan Klepper, mm-hmm. a former Daily Show correspondent, had his own show called The Opposition, did mm-hmm. teach me 101 improv when yeah. I first moved and here to New York. you guys talked about that. We did talk about it. That interview yeah. is coming out this Saturday. This, this weekend, yeah. Um, and I'm excited. Yeah, he has his new show, Klepper, coming out, which is mm-hmm. docu-series. It was a really great and fun yes. interview. And Klepper, his show actually will come out on Thursday, uh, and you'll be able to hear all about it in the interview, but he... It's a really cool show, you yeah, guys. Yeah, it's really cool. And he went through it, man. Yeah, he like the show is focused on like different types of activists and like the crazy stuff that they do. Yeah. He was arrested. You'll hear all about it in the interview, but definitely keep an eye out for Klepper, which is yes. coming out on Thursday. Yes, yes, yes. So, Elise, mm-hmm. what is getting you through this week in Trump's America? Uh, I have been so excited to talk about this. I sent this into the SUP Slack on Friday and I said, barring something insane happening, this is what I will be talking about on Monday for getting me through. They found, <laughs> how do I even begin this story? Okay, an alleged Russian spy whale <laughs> has been found off the coast of Norway. It's a beluga whale. It's very cute. Yeah. There's one photo of it that everyone is, everyone keeps posting. The whale, he's got his little head out of the water. He's, he's just smiling. like, hey. Yeah. What's up? So basically, obviously I hear this story and I'm like, what, how do we know that the whale is a spy. How do we get this information? I didn't know that spy whales were a thing. Apparently, so this whale was found um, in like a Norwegian port city. They think it defected from Russia. <laughs> um, and apparently it was suspiciously friendly. So mm. it's like, I guess that the idea is that they train the whale to like get right up on the ship. Yeah. It's doing its little tricks. What a fun job to train spy whales. To train a spy. That's a great job. I would love that. That's one of those things where you're like, damn, I didn't realize that that was an option know, for my life. I totally would have went in that direction. Exactly. I, University of Delaware had a very, um, a very good like marine biology uh-huh. program. Like I, if I had known, yeah. I could be training spy whales today. The other thing, and I feel like this is a bigger giveaway than the fact that it was friendly. Yeah. Is that the whale was wearing a vest. Um, <laughs> that said spy whale on it? It said equipment St. Petersburg. Uh, <laughs> which, is, which I would say, it, let's say, you know, we're in this reality where I did marine biology. I'm training spy whales. Something that I would bring to my spy whale program is that they wouldn't wear vests that say, you know, property of the yeah. United States of America, mm-hmm. spy whale like equipment. I feel like that's definitely a dead giveaway as far as what's going on with the whale. 
Uh, this is from the Washington Post. Uh, the beluga triggered speculation about a mammal species operations program that the Russian Navy is believed to have been pursuing for years. And apparently we in the U.S. already use whales to locate mines and retrieve objects from the ocean floor and gal- gather intelligence for military divers. That's pretty amazing. I had no, I had no idea. idea. I honestly... I think it's great. I think that it's very good for us to have an alliance with whales. Yes. The mammals of the sea. I think, yeah. Mammoths of the sea. (laughs) I think like, you know, we see these horrible documentaries uh, of the blackfish and all this stuff. I think that we need to be repairing our relationships with whales. We need to be working Mm -hmm. with whales. We need to bring them into human governments. We need to work with their governments. Maybe, maybe if they have shit that's going on under the sea, that they need us to help them with. Maybe we could do like yeah. a reciprocal thing mm-hmm. and be like, okay, they need to figure out like what's going on with the dolphins. Well, yeah. maybe we can try to find information about that through sort of yeah. like our dolphin program. I just feel really comforted to know that we have such patriotic animals <laughs> out, here working. out here working with us. And I honestly wish the Russian spy whale the best. And I hope that it can cut a deal or whatever with any government mm-hmm. so that it doesn't have to spend any time behind bars. Yes. Um. Yeah, I love the Russian spy whale. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, there was this one headline that just made me laugh so much that just said, alleged Russian spy whale just wants Norwegians to love it. <laughs> and I was like, I get that, Russian I do. spy whale. <laughs> okay, Brian, what's been getting you through this week in Trump's America? Well, um, I feel like it's been AOC a lot, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it again anyways. Yes. So Netflix released that documentary that um, so basically it's for women who it follows four women who were running for office it followed aoc in new york Corey bush of st louis amy villella of las vegas and paula jean swearing from coal city west virginia as they campaign and confront structural and ideological barriers in their efforts to win their races for national office mm-hmm. aoc was the only one who won but i th- what was so amazing about it was there's this quote at the end well, not a quote, but AOC is talking on the phone with, I believe it was Amy Villela of Vegas. She was running for Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was ba- she was basically like, you know, not all of us are going to make it. Um, we're all like, we're all in this together. And if 100, 100 of us need to try, so one of us can get in. Yeah. Like to get that progressive platform on there. Um, Amy Villela, the one I was just talking about, she ran because... She wanted to help fix our healthcare system. Her 22-year-old daughter went to the hospital with a, uh, an, like she thought she was having like a blood clot, like something was going on. Yeah. And they refused to do the proper test on her because she couldn't prove uh, insurance. She insurance. And she ended up dying. She ended Ugh. up like going and she kind of had yeah. like a stroke or something and Horrible. died. I also really, I watched the doc as well and I really liked Paula Jean Swearingen. She has this like yeah. big uh, West Virginia mm-hmm. thing. She's running. She was primarying Joe Manchin. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which didn't ultimately pan out, but she. Can, I really liked her. I really liked her too. And just watching the, what's really cool about it is it, it started with AOC before she was who she is today. Yeah. They were following her while she was working as a waitress and a bartender. Mm-hmm. Um, they show her like getting nice and bringing it upstairs. And also I just think what was really cool about it, apart from like the whole watching Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez rise was like the grassroots campaigns of it. Like it was so, it was like moving to see all these people so 
politically involved and trying like even though they were going up the against the establishment and like some crazy odds yeah they still really had a lot of like faith in what they were doing yeah they show like um i can't remember the name of the group but it's like a, a group that was helping some of these new candidates get their campaign started and they show them deciding to pick aoc yeah. as one of the candidates mm-hmm. like which is really interesting have you followed all the like Stuff about AOC's boyfriend. That the people are like making jokes about yeah. the way he looks. Yeah. I'm just like, leave him alone. He's sweet in he's it. He's kind and he's like so supportive and sweet. They when yeah. they both voted for her in the pri- in the primary, they both cried afterwards yeah. and were like hugging. It was really I know. I cried so many times watching this documentary. It's very sweet. And okay, yeah, sure. He kind of looks like that picture of Ed Sheeran and Beyonce. Like, yeah. yeah, that is what they look like. But you know what? She's coming home late from the campaign and he's giving her a little massage. Yeah. You can tell he's really excited for her and supports her I, what, and is nice. What I love about her too is you can see when she's getting like she's she's good she's about to like go off Mm -hmm. in a sense like not in like a dramatic way but like you see like her eyes like kind of like shark eyes and she's like oh this motherfucker yes i'm gonna fucking go down and like when the scene when she's talking to he like um she was joe crowley is like surrogate who showed up to the debate because joe crowley couldn't come awesome and she gets up and she's like i'm not here to debate like i have so much respect for this woman however i'm not running up against her and basically it was it was beautiful. It's crazy to see how dismissive of her the Crowley campaign yeah. initially was and how much she did. They underestimated her, They too. underestimated her at every turn. Uh-huh. She, I mean, there's that one scene where he won't even show up to meet her because yeah. he's got like other shit to do. Uh, but And they don't even realize that she's out here like putting out ads in Bengali because there are people in the fucking district who speak Bengali. And yeah. so she's putting out ads, you know, in all these different languages. She's like reaching out to all these different communities. She's knocking on doors. Yes. And before, by the time he realizes what has happened with her, it's already too late. Yeah. Like he just... He wasn't. He was part of the establishment. Yes. He was like the fourth ranking member of the House minority, yeah. like whatever, because of the Democrats. He was in line for the speakership yeah. type and he, deal. But the thing is, is the the um, district that the, he was representing that AOC now represents. He never lived in it. No. And it, which is crazy. And he also never was elected initially. He was appointed mm-hmm. by. I think his father was it beforehand and appointed him or someone or the person before. I might be getting that mixed up, but he was appointed into the role and then ran subsequently. Yeah. So it's like, I, I mean, I, you'll see AOC make all the points in the documentary or whatever, but it, it's interesting to watch it. It's one of those. It's, it's just another one of those things that really makes you feel like your voice matters. And activism matters and it it just reinforces that. And I think we need more things yeah. like that. It's one other thing I wanted to say about it is there's that one scene. I can't remember which of the other women it is, but it's after they lose. And it's just a prolonged shot of her like really crying super hard. Oh, that was, yeah, the Amy. Was Villella, that, yeah. that was a Swearingen, I think, or, or no, Villella. Villella. Yeah. Okay. It's just this prolonged scene of her like really crying and it's very moving and it was just interesting to me because i feel like all we ever see after elections is the person they've gathered themselves they've got their spouse and their kid or whatever out there and they're like wow we ran a great campaign and oh you know it's okay whatever and it was it was interesting to see this moment where it's like no she put everything into it Mm -hmm. she did an amazing thing it didn't end up she didn't end up winning but like 
it's it was it was like a raw moment well, that I thought was I, cool. Well, how I feel now is that they these these other three women who did not win, their national like recognition has gone up exponentially because yes. of this documentary. So if they are planning on running again in 2020, which I hope yeah. some of them are. They have a very good, I think they have a much better chance now than they did in 2018. Also, how happy must that documentary crew have been when AOC won and then started, like, as they're editing the documentary and she's becoming one of the most, like, powerful voices in the Democratic Party, they're just like, yes! Yes, <laughs> I like, know. oh my God! Fucking win. Like, because she could have lost and then it would have been an interesting documentary about yeah. four women who tried and lost or whatever. But the fact that she won, they must have been like, oh, my God, our documentary is going to be so I, I lo- good. I love I loved the part where they were with her, like the election, election night of the primary mm-hmm. night. And she's like in the car and she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I think I saw something. Oh, wait, yeah. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. And then she's like, I did see something. I saw press running to her. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, she was she was like getting hints or whatever, and then yeah. she walks in. She's like, "My name is on the screen." Yeah, they wouldn't let her in the yeah. room. And they're like, you need to check in. She's like, "That's my face. That's my face. That's my name. Let me in." <laughs> it's great, and yeah. she's wonderful. I love her. I love her. All right, should we get into the news? Yeah, we've got just like a smattering of stories today. Yep. Uh, we will start with um, a tentative date. For Robert Mueller to testify before the House Judiciary Committee has been set for May 15th, which is my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, I I saw it and I was like, this is a mixed bag for me because I had kind of like a day planned and now I'm definitely going to. You're just going to be watching watching the Mueller testimony. Mueller testify. Uh But I'm going to try to incorporate it into the day that I already had planned. There you go. You know. Well, you can you can continue to do whatever you plan to like after like three or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, we're going to shift the plans into later in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I'll have like a nice breakfast. Watch my boy. Yeah. Bob, yeah. Do whatever it is he's going to do. It's like it's a big deal now because now we know that Barr and Mueller had disputing views About. on Barr's interpretation of the report. Yes. I wonder if Mueller will be like, well, I think that Barr is snitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what if he's like i'm not i you know who's really snitty <laughs> I, I and i i i'm excited to like get a gla- a grasp of what his voice sounds like i know i literally am like i don't we have not seen him really in any prolonged mm-hmm. way yeah i i mean i'm sure it's out there i haven't searched i guess but yeah I'm just curious to hear what his voice sounds like. I wonder if he'll have big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you can't tell until you see he's him. Got a, you know, I love his face. He does. He's he got has, a great face. He has a great like cop face. Yeah. Like detective. Like, oh, he's like, oh, I was in the military. Yeah, you were. Yeah. I can tell. Central casting really uh-huh. for him. Really, for sure. And he's like a good looking man, I think. Yeah. Well, so guess who doesn't want him to testify? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Donald Trump tweeted. He's been on a he had a big Twitter weekend uh, this weekend again. Um, So he initially had said that he thought it was up to Barr whether or not Mueller should testify. Mueller was like, yeah, Barr was like, yeah, that's fine. Now he's tweeting that he does not think that Mueller should testify. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. He's also said that McGahn shouldn't testify. I mean, he he's witness tampered on Twitter many, many times yeah. at this point. But it's just funny to me because it, it keeps like it's this contradictory thing that they're doing where they're like, the report said full exoneration. The report was great for us. Everything was good. We do not want him to come in and talk about it or how he got to his findings. Yeah. So it's like 
they're putting on this face that they're like so confident in the report and that the report exonerated him and we should all be moving on. But then when it's like, oh, we want to dig deeper into the report, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Which like if you think the report fully exonerates you, why not have Mueller come out here and talk about how you're fully fucking exonerated if that's what you think is going on? I mean, that would be the logical step to take. But clearly either they're lying or they're stupid. Yeah. And Which all, I'm I thinking mean, it's probably both. It's a little bit of both. But what's but the thing about it is Mueller technically still works for the Justice Department, but not for much longer. And so Barr cannot have like an influence into whether he testifies or not because he'll be a private citizen. Same thing with Tom McGahn. Mm-hmm. And by the president, you know, trying to claim executive privilege or saying that they cannot, he's actually impeding on their First Amendment rights. Yeah. So, I mean... Not that he, like, knows what that means or whatever. Like, Trump only thinks that, like, impeding on your First Amendment rights means, like, telling, um, like, right-wing conservative people on, like, Facebook Uh that they can't, like... Well, taking InfoWars off Facebook. Yeah, like, he's been tweeting about that nonstop all weekend, being like, wow, it's so fucked up that, like, InfoWars and Laura Loomer and these horrible people aren't on... (laughs) I mean, it's like he's like equating these conspiracy theorists with like main with actual news organizations, yes. which they are fucking not like Alex Jones, like says that like the Sandy Hook children are still alive and the parents are liars. Yeah. He says frogs can be gay or he get does, turned he gay. He does think that chemicals are turning frogs, tur- gay. turning frogs gay, which is I would love to know what chemical that is. <laughs> what? what okay what do you mean yeah like (laughs) Like, i was like is this it's like that episode of 30 rock where they're trying this like new um chemical weapon to make mm -hmm. uh soldiers gay so they're too gay to combat (laughs) (laughs) i'm like what is this gas that'd be fun to try yeah yeah, that's like would i just be super gay if i yeah if you took it would it make you i wonder what would happen extremely gay gay? (laughs) i don't know or would you become a gay frog (laughs) (laughs) and then i would only be able to become a gay person again and when a gay prince kisses you yeah exactly oh this is such a fucking random sidebar Mm -hmm. mayor pete yes (laughs) i just discovered gay prince gay prince (laughs) mayor pete Pete. (laughs) his husband chastin is 29 years old that's insane the first lady first man could be a 29 year old gay man i'm turning 29 on may 15th (laughs) i could have married mayor pete God damn it. Chastin also tweeted this weekend that he was like, wow, just discovered Big Little Lies. And I was like, Chastin, <laughs> if you want to be the first gentleman, you need to be watching these programs yeah. as they come out so you mm-hmm. can speak to the American people. Yeah. I mean, luckily he has time to catch up before season two and yeah. then he can be with us. I understand. But I was like, Chastin. We should, we should send him a list of required watching yeah. before the... He assumes yeah. the role of sort of like the social person of america okay (laughs) back to the news so also coming out in relation to the Mueller report is that so last week uh Barr testified in front of the senate uh and then he was supposed to uh, testify in front of the house he did not show up no we talked about this a little bit and then there was talks of them holding him in contempt and it turns out that they're gonna hold a vote on this wednesday i think it's at 10 a.m to vote whether Barr will be held in contempt of court. Congress. Yeah. Contempt of Congress. And they keep like, uh, Jerry Nadler keeps like being like, 
Well, we'll give him one more shot to answer. Like, we're going to give him one more chance to cooperate. So basically, the they're going to hold a vote at 10 a.m. tomorrow about whether or not, like, they'll... Uh, hold him in contempt of Congress. Uh, but Nadler even then was like, but we could postpone it if the Justice Department responds. Yeah. Which is very like, um, I'm done with him. He's over. Unless he texts me back, in which case maybe we'll, you know, rekindle what's happening here. Yeah. <laughs> and this has happened before. Eric Holder was held in contempt of Congress before when he refused to testify. Oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah, it was about some like arms sale to like somewhere in South America. Mm. I don't know. Classic. I don't know. Yeah. Something about <laughs> Just a classic. But it wasn't about the president. Oh, was it? I'm, I'm going to forget what that's called. So, uh, yeah. but it, it, that, that scandal that you're thinking about, it has a fun name. Yeah. I, I don't think remember maybe what fast it is. and furious. It is fast and furious. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, that's exactly the what the fun it is. Name. Yeah. It's, it was fast and furious. Okay. I don't actually know a lot of information about that. So we can move. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting. So, I mean, I don't really know what happens after that. Yeah. Um, I mean, technically he could be arrested. Yeah. I mean, the attorney general under Nixon went to jail. Yeah. It's interesting because obviously the Trump administration is not going to cooperate. And I feel like we're getting up against this thing that keeps happening in this administration where Democrats are like trying to go through the normal Mm. points of procedure. And it's like, I just feel like we're wasting a lot of time. You know, he's not going to show up. The Justice Department isn't going to respond to this shit in any adequate way. He's not going to come. He's not going to answer your subpoena. They're not going to give this up. They're not going to give that up. Like, you just need to start. He's also going to do what he did when, you know, Senator Kamala Harris was asking questions. He's going to stall. He's not going to answer the questions. Yeah. You know, he's going to he's going to. Basically, because he knows he's a he's a smart man. Yeah, he's not going to perjure himself. If yeah, he, and he knows how to not do it. And he knows that when they do these this questioning, that and this was the the big point of issue is that they were going to have attorneys question him instead of like house members, mm-hmm. which puts him in more of a bind because one attorneys just in general, like we saw how Kamala Harris, because of her background yes. as a prosecutor, was able to ask him these really pointed questions these lawyers are going to be able to do a better job than some of these house and, people. Yeah. And these lawyers, they're asking law questions. They're yeah. not like positioning it in a way that maybe they score political points. Yeah. Like even not, the Democrats do that. I know there were so many people in the bar testimony who started out and they were like, and now for my mission statement, let me yeah. just do like a couple moments on my brand and then I'll get to asking you questions mm-hmm. so that everybody knows. Cause like, this is my moment. Yeah. And it's like, you have five minutes, which yeah. bar knows that. So that's why he's like, asking dumb questions like what do you mean by suggest da, 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 because he's running out the clock on these questions he's like he you know that's why he's like looking around and like acting all confused when Kamala is talking to him because he's like okay the if I wait 30 seconds to answer that's 30 less seconds that she has to ask me another question yeah he's smart yeah he's a smart man um, um also happening today is today is the deadline that Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin uh, set for telling the House Ways and Means Committee whether he was going to give them Trump's tax returns. I feel like that's a no. It's most likely going to be a no. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be a big no. Um, which, but we still may get his tax returns one way or the other. Yeah. Um, Hillary Clinton had a interesting thing in an interview she was doing recently where she was like, imagine if a 2020 candidate right now was like, China, it would be great to if you hacked Trump's tax returns and released them. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the level of shit that we're basically saying is okay. Yeah. 
by not pursuing any of the stuff in the Mueller report. Yeah, I really like, I think one what we'll see from Trump's tax returns is that we know that he's not nearly as rich as he claims to be. Yeah, and that he's a shady motherfucker. I really think uh, that I, his main thing is not he doesn't want people to find out that he's not rich as, as yeah. rich as he claims to be. I don't think he gives a shit about dodging taxes or financial like shadiness in mm-hmm. in that because he'll just be like he'll just be like whatever everybody does that i'm rich rich people do that yeah. whatever i don't care i think what he genuinely cares about is that we're gonna find out that he doesn't have any fucking money well and i think you know Mueller probably had access to some of his tax returns yeah and i wonder if you know part of his idea of going after manafort and his money stuff is to be like okay well he got charged for this so why not him yeah and, you know, people are like, well, and that's a big motivation for Trump to try and win re-election is because he's open to a lot more persecution. Oh, yeah. Once he's once not he the loses. president, because yeah. half this shit, half the reason why he's not in trouble is because of this Department of Justice guidelines that says you can't indict a sitting president. Yeah. But once you're not a sitting president anymore. I just think it's I like I think it's funny that I am so adamant about them getting his tax returns. But like. I don't fucking know what they're going to say. Yeah. I mean, I don't like, know how I to would, read someone's yeah. tax return. <laughs> I, I know that it's important, like, but like, I don't know if I'll be able to comprehend it. So I'm excited for them to get released. So smart people. Yeah. So that people who know how to read yeah, tax returns can tell me what the hell they say. Yeah. And then yes. we'll know. Uh, okay. Another story that is just frustrating on many levels is that former White House Chief of Staff John Kelly joined the board of the largest shelter for unaccompanied migrant children. So now he has left the um, public sector of detaining children from their families and has entered the private sector of detaining migrant children. So he's going to make more. He's going to make money specifically now off of this. It is disgusting. Um, yeah. Uh, so protesters saw him getting a tour of the grounds in a golf cart in April which is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, During Kelly's tenure, the average length of a stay for an unaccompanied migrant child in U.S. custody skyrocketed. Well, now they're saying that they, the, the White House lied that they knew where all these parents were and children were, they don't fucking know. No, they have no idea. And it's obvious because they never had any plan. They started doing this with no plan to keep these families together at Mm -hmm. all. We've seen that on many disturbing levels. Um, And so Kelly actually worked for this company before. Um, I I guess it's called Caliburn. And he was on the board of an investment firm that owns Caliburn, which is the parent company of the business that runs the detention center. So it's like how businesses are all like, like one business actually owns everything. (laughs) Because technically he's barred from doing any lobbying for five years. But since he worked at this company, he's allowed to work there again. I... I mean, truly, like, the sheer nerve that that's really the job you're going to choose when you get out of here after, like... I, this I is mean, like, I wonder if anyone would hire him. It's not that's like... That's also true. You know, where is he supposed to work after this? Fox? Yeah. But that's pretty... But that's the thing is, Trump hates John Kelly. Yeah, so, so that's like, true. Maybe he can't go to Fox. So he's like, ugh, I guess I'll work at also, child prisons yeah. instead. Does he not have enough money to just retire? Like, go fucking home, take, man. Right? Yeah, take a gap year, buddy. I, <laughs> Jesus. Go like, on a fucking vacation. You were like... And he was also like... People were like, oh, he's an adult in the room he's not that bad of a guy he's just trying he just loves the country and is trying to make a better place it's like really clearly not 
Yeah, because he definitely didn't like do Teach for America when he got done. So, but like, like, it's just like the audacity of like the disgust. Like, ugh, it's so gross. I know it's 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 really disgusting because, and we've talked about it this on this on the, on the pod, but like. Separating children from their families is one of the darkest things this country has done. Mm-hmm. It's up there with a lot of really bad shit that we've yeah. done, but it's it's truly horrifying. Mm-hmm. And to be like, you know what? That's that's what I'm. That's how I'm going to continue my fucking work in the White House. I'm going to go get into the business of that. Kirsten Nielsen, Nielsen is interviewing for a job there, and she. No, I don't know. I, I was like, oh my god, is that true? <laughs> but get she's out of here. Are, like, what is Kirsten Nielsen's next job going to be? Is she going to like take the blood of migrant children and like Probably. sell it as like a yeah on an etsy face store clean <laughs> yeah cleanser. vampire facials yeah um yeah i don't know but that's fucking horrifying um and another this is a world news update yeah now. so there there was that huge international outcry uh following brunei's move you know that country in Br- uh, brunei yes uh moved to update its criminal code to punish gay sex by death by stoning yeah. Uh, and it turns out that after all the international outcry, thanks George Clooney, um, mm-hmm. they will not be doing that. Yeah. It was like, I think what happened was like they instituted like a strict Sharia law policy, which mm-hmm. includes stoning gay people to death. The international community was like, people started boycotting hotels owned by the Sultan of Brunei. Yeah. Cause he's like an international businessman too. So people started hitting him in the pocket yeah, and now he's like, "Oh, actually, we're not going to do that." What, and it's like, okay, thank you. What I find interesting about it, like, yes, I'm glad that this happened. It's terrible, but there's so many countries that are similar to this yeah. in that they persecute homosexuals in a way that is barbaric and wrong. <laughs> Saudi Arabia, <laughs> and like, it's like, where is that outrage? Like, it's like people. I'm sure that there were gay people that were like, "Fuck Brunei," and then they took a trip to Dubai. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, let, let's just try. I just like, let's just be a little consistent. Like, I know that I was looking into some international trips mm-hmm. and I'm refusing to go to certain places. Like, I didn't realize even in like Jamaica that they have some really strict anti-gay laws. Really? Yeah. And then I was like, and I'd already been to Jamaica, but now I'm like, well, I'm not going back there. Yeah. I mean, it is. What is good is to see that like absent our government doing anything about this because I don't know that our government in its current form is going to be like a crusader for gay rights around the world. It's great to see that like people can pull together and be like, you know what? No, we're not going to stay at your hotels. We're not going to travel here. We're not going to support this. And that you can like, we can use the power of the purse to kind of get these things done on different levels. Well, it's like it reinforces that what I was saying with the AOC doc is that like this shit matters. Like you matter doing shit like i'm sure like if you guys if people weren't tweeting like fuck brunei i'm sure you guys did it in a more eloquent way it would it would have it wouldn't have happened this wouldn't have happened so it's 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 great all right should we talk about one more thing yeah okay so um a new article came out titled asked if a woman can win 2020 candidates offer an easy answer I have. Boom. And the gist of this is basically that, you know, we're constantly hearing these questions about like, are women electable? Can women be elected? Da da da. But actually, when you look at the 2020 candidates, it's the women, Kamala Harris, Kirsten Gillibrand, Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, who've all proven that they can win races and multiple men like Buttigieg, like O'Rourke, like Biden, Cory Booker, all of them have lost at least 
at least one major election. Like, yeah. obviously, Beto didn't get it in Texas. Um, Biden has run for president multiple times, <laughs> not gotten there. Yeah. Uh, Cory Booker lost his first run for mayor of Newark, and there's that really good documentary about it. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just interesting that the women are the ones who have to answer these electability questions when they're actually the ones who have been proven electable. And 84% of Americans say they are comfortable with a female candidate. Wondering about the 16% that are holding back. I mean, but we know who they we are. We know who they are. Yeah, exactly. There's no question They're on Twitter. It. I've seen them tweeting. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I know exactly who this person is. I don't even want to like, say it because we know we yeah, all know exactly um and here's some more like just some interesting things because i feel like the women candidate are facing all of these questions but they've actually have a lot in their favor as far as being able to win over the middle all of that stuff um for example kirsten gillibrand has repeatedly won her seat in what used to be a red district um and in 2018 she flipped 18 counties that voted for trump in 2016 so mm-hmm. i guess she like worked on those elections and those flipped uh elizabeth warren became a senator because she unseated a very popular republican senator scott brown when she won in 2012 Mm -hmm. um and amy klobuchar had to win dozens of 2016 trump counties to keep her seat in 2018 yeah so both of them or all of those candidates have actually proven that they can do this thing that we're all wringing our hands over like oh my god can they do it and this whole like ask like like aspect of likability yeah that goes along with it it's like i and which is you know i mostly a male ideal yeah it's like uh, women couldn't vote like what a hundred plus about a hundred years ago and now it's like and i feel like you know mine's take a wine to change i also feel like likability what it always means is like does this person look like a candidate we've seen before and so if that's the standard of likability mm-hmm. then there is no way for a woman or a person of color or anybody who's a little bit different to meet that threshold yeah because we've only ever had white male presidents with one exception yeah. so like if that's what we're saying like do they remind us of other presidents then no, yeah. like, you know, so it's just interesting. A lot of people have been sharing that article and I, cool. yeah, it was kind of, I don't know. It, I, it made me think about a lot of things because yeah. I didn't even realize I was like, yeah, they did win all this stuff. Yeah, I know it is really just, I think it's like the media. It's yeah. like, it's an issue with the way like the media is portraying all these people and the questions that they're asking them. Um, yeah. Elizabeth Warren said something co- cool recently that like made me feel better about, cause I really like Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Um, and I would love if she was a democratic candidate for president. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm going to be happy whoever it is. Yeah. But, um, she was like, you know, I, if I don't win, I'm still going to be in the fucking Senate, like poking the bear. Yeah. I'm going to be around. You're like, you even if I lose, you're not going to get rid of me. Like, I think she was talking about it, like in terms of like in reference to Joe Biden, like Joe Biden loses and he's done. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, okay, well I'm still a Senator. Yeah. I'm still going to make all this fucking shit happen for this. Yeah, country. exactly. Like there are a couple of people where it's like, if they lose, it's like, Oh, what are they going to do? Uh-huh. You like know? what is Beto going to do when he loses? I don't know. Yeah. Do the X games. <laughs> 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 okay. I like Beto. I'm just joking yeah. because he's the skateboard president. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. That brings us to the end of the episode guys. Until the end of democracy. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sup podcast. Batches.